What is God doing through his people in the Israeli-Hamas war? One pastor just 13 miles from the Gaza Strip is working with a team around the clock to deliver food and other supplies. We're going to find out more about the helpers, those people that are really jumping in and giving their all to help people. As we talk with Michael Johnson, he is the president of the Slavic Gospel Association, and he joins us this morning here on Mornings with Seth and Deb. And good morning, Michael. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Um, give us a little bit of information about the Slavic Gospel Association. How long have you guys been around, and what is it that you focus on doing? Well, the, our ministry was established in 1934, so next year we'll celebrate our 90th anniversary. And um, uh, the ministry was established uh, back in the days when the Soviets were ramping up their persecution against Christians in the Soviet Union. Mm. And um, we were heavily involved in the covert distribution of Bibles and Christian literature throughout those countries, uh, but also had a significant radio ministry um, uh, in partnership with Transform Radio and HCJB, where we developed Russian-language uh, Christian radio programming and we're broadcasting them through their networks uh, over and around the Iron Curtain. And so, uh, in many ways, you know, our ministry helped to keep those nations open with the gospel, and their favorite program was the simple, slow reading of Scripture so that they mm. could write it down, wow. and it, that was the only source of God's Word that they, could, um, that they had. Wow. So, uh, when the when the when the wall came down and um, and the countries opened up, uh, we shifted our strategy. So we partnered with the largest group, one of the largest groups of evangelical churches. That would be the Evangelical Baptist churches. They were established in the early 1800s, and right now we're connected to roughly 6,000 churches across the former Soviet Union. So we do a lot of things: training, we sponsor church planters, and then we equip them with resources, specifically humanitarian aid. And so this story kind of starts. Uh, so in Israel, we we have been working in Israel since the since the 40s, when we sent um, Russian Jewish Christians into Israel uh, to do uh, Bible training and church planting. Um, so we've been there for many years as well. So this particular story starts with the war in Ukraine, because um, you know we're connected to about 2,300 churches in Ukraine. We've been distributing food and humanitarian aid through those churches to people, you know, who have been impacted by the war, and also people trying to get out of Ukraine um, into Eastern Europe. A number of those people were um, Ukrainian Jews mm. um, who were able to get out. We were help we helped them to get out, and then they made their way down to. Um, down to Israel. Now, uh, in Israel, um, we, 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 we sponsored the largest training program of Russian evangelical um, uh, uh, Jewish Christians who are citizens of Israel, and then we send them out to do church planting and evangelism. And when the Ukrainian Jews came to Israel, they were met by these Russian Christians who would connect with them, help them to find places to live, help them to get jobs, help them to get situated in this new country that they found themselves in. Many of them settled in the southern part of Israel, in and around Ashkelon. And so when the wars, so obviously they left uh, they left Ukraine to, to flee the war, mm. and then they found themselves uh, after October 7th in the mm. middle of another war. Wow. And you can, you can imagine just, you know, the fear and the uncertainty mm. and, and the just the lack of hope that they, you know, found themselves in. And so the churches, the Slavic churches that we're connected to in Israel, because we're connected with a number of Slavic churches from the north to the south, 
Um, they knew where they lived. They knew where the community was, and there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these these um, Ukrainian uh, Jews that were that, that were down there. Uh, they began immediately. We helped to fund. Uh, the, they would put together humanitarian aid packets, food, and other resources. These people were stuck in their apartments. You know, walk between walking their to their apartments in the bomb shelters, and um, you know, the missiles were. You know, Ashkelon experienced the worst again. Missiles and drones and. And there were Hamas uh, snipers on the roofs of the apartment buildings in Ashkelon picking people off on the streets. Yeah. It was a really dangerous situation. <clears throat> these church workers and pastors went out, knocked on doors, blessed these people. These people were in their apartments praying that God would show up, and God showed up in the face of these Christians that came to their apartments uh, and ministered to them. And and so, you know, typically in a situation like that, you know, they were just so glad to see them, and they would ask them, why are you here? Why are you risking your lives? And they just say, listen, we're Christians. We're part of this local Slavic churches here. God has called us to this ministry. He's called us to minister to people both in word and deed, and, you know, we know you're, you're in distress, and we just want to be there uh, to help you. And um, and it always opens up the door for for uh, the proclamation of the gospel. And be, they begin the conversation, and they come back a couple of weeks later with more food packets. Now many of these people are coming to their churches. And and if you'd like, I have a couple of quick stories I'd like to share with oh, you on this. We'd love Absolutely. to hear those stories. Yeah. So uh, this is one of them comes from Oleg, uh, the, 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 the main pastor that's coordinating these, these efforts. He said a rocket flew into their house and destroyed the entire entrance. They've been in the basement of this house since the first days of the war and we bring them hot food. When we told them that we believe in Christ, they, op- they opened up and began to listen. After the conversation, they asked us to give them Bibles and to come again. We talked about Christ the whole evening, and they wanted us to study the Bible with, with them. Mm. So we started a Bible study group in the basement. Please pray for these people. Wow. Um, wow, you can just see through that, Michael, that God is at work in people's hearts. And in Israel. In Israel. Yeah. And that there is a hunger and a thirst for the gospel there that we don't ever hear these stories from the news. Right. These yeah. are stories that are coming right from the churches and from pastors that are ministering there near the Gaza Strip, near the, right there near the, the border. Absolutely. You know, it seems like what we do hear a lot is uh, hostility. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the news of the hostilities, that's what makes the news. It's what drives uh, the, the programming and so forth. But um, you were mentioning yeah, that-, that going into Israel and, and, and sharing, when you were there and, move, and, and sharing the gospel, did you find any pushback? Did you find anyone that was hostile towards you or— uh, when you were there, was there any danger involved while you were in Israel? Okay, so I just want to be clear. We are an equipping ministry, so right. we, we, so we, I, I, I have not been Israel. I, I have not been in Israel. Ah, okay, uh, okay. Um, and so we, we're, we're connected to the to the Baptist Evangelical churches in Israel. So we send them resources and money and food and whatnot, okay. so that they can perform their ministries in the same way that we did. Uh, that we're doing in Ukraine. And at one point, between us and the Ukrainian Baptist churches, we're the largest distributor of humanitarian aid uh, in, gotcha. in Ukraine. And what we're seeing is a significant growth, and there's really a revival taking place in Ukraine right now because of what's wow. happening as a result of the war. Wow. 
Wow. Because most of the ch- the churches are filling up, uh, and most of the people that are there are either new Christians or new visitors to the church, and a lot of it is a function of the acts of mercy uh, that the churches have displayed to these people and continue mm-hmm. to display, because the church is really lights for the gospel in those communities. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing a similar thing begin to happen in Israel because of the acts of mercy of these churches. And so uh, nobody knows when this is going to end. A lot of people are concerned about the possibility of Hezbollah invading from the north. Right. Uh, and so there, there's a large you know, network of churches up there that we have access to as well to be able to minister to displaced people in the event that that happens. So, so it's really the churches, and what we get, we get back from them, we get back the stories you know, and the testimonies mm. of the people whose lives have been impacted, and many of whom mm. have come to Christ. But it begins with that initial contact. Mm. And not everybody is everybody is thankful for them to come, um, but not everybody is open to the gospel. But they just keep they'll they'll just keep knocking on doors, you know. Wow. And um, wow. and there are many 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 people have 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 indicated an interest to continue to have the conversation about the gospel. Because in many ways, Israel, uh, Israel, there's a significant percentage of the population of Israel that are atheists. And mm. roughly, roughly about a third of the population is either Russian or of Russian descent. So, you know, we're primarily dealing with Russian speakers in Israel, so we have a significant harvest field there that we can tap into. So do you have another story for us this morning? Uh, yeah, so Nat, Nat, let me see, Natalia and her husband uh, are Jews from Ukraine. They lived in Germany for nine years, having endured anti-Semitic hostility. They were forced to return to Ukraine, where they were caught by the war in Russia. A year and a half ago, Natalia and her daughter emigrated to Israel. While her husband continues to work as a military medic in Ukraine, and their son-in-law is fighting, uh, for the armed forces of Ukraine. On the very first day of the war in Ashkelon, a rocket hit the house next door to them. Mm-hmm. They managed to hide, but a few moments later, another rocket hit the apartment above them, which also damaged their apartment, but they both survived. We visited Natalia and her daughter two times and shared about our Christian community of faith. Natalia is open to hear and says she senses a pleasant feeling, being in our company and God's presence and his love that emanates from us. Please pray for the repentance of Natalia and her family and for God to keep the lives of her loved ones uh, saved in Ukraine. Wow, that's incredible. Mm. Can you imagine her her life of, you know, having war where she's at and knowing that her loved ones are in a war yeah. in Ukraine? And oh, yeah. I mean, that to enter into what these people are going through, I mean, it really just causes you to fall on your knees and ask God for, for help for them. And I am so thankful the church is there responding. And so would you give us some ways that we can be praying, Michael? How can we be praying? How can we be partnering with you in this? Well, for us, again, I mean, we don't, we try to, it's difficult, but we try to stay out of the politics because our focus is, um, is is equipping the churches uh, mm-hmm. to do what God has called them to do during these difficult times. So, I would just say that um, that you know, pray for open hearts. Yeah. Um, you know, because these 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 Christians and workers are out. I mean, they are literally going out, and I mean, you never know what's going to happen on the, when somebody opens the door. And I'm yeah. not saying they're in danger from that standpoint, but. You know, we just continue to pray that God opens the hearts of the people in Israel to his word, 
so that the people of Israel can recognize their true Savior and come to saving faith and repentance. Amen. And now we're in an unprecedented opportunity for that to happen, Uh, because again, we saw it happen in Ukraine, we're seeing it happening in Ukraine now, and we're beginning to see it happen in Israel. And this is just a wonderful time to enter into the labor of these churches Mm. uh, that are doing everything they can uh, to share the gospel and the love of Christ with these folks, uh, Mm. both in word and deed. Mm. And uh, so just uh, pray for open hearts, and um, and I think God's going to answer that prayer. And then you can, you can, you can come to our website. It's sga.org. That's sga.org. And for this specific initiative, it would be sga.org slash Israel Gospel. Michael, anytime that we get information about um, organizations that are bringing hope to an area that is just in such despair. We are very appreciative. Thank you for everything that you do, and thanks for spending some time with us this morning. We appreciate you, brother. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.